Welcome to the Cincy Postcast, sponsored by Cincy Shirts. Look, you know Cincy Shirts, you love Cincy Shirts. They've been with FC Cincinnati from the beginning, and we here at The Post, well, we're just huge fans, and we are so excited to finally put these two together, and we're happy to have them on as a sponsor. Look, you can go check out their work at Cincy, with a Y, shirts.com. And if you use checkout code THEPOSTCENCY, that's all one word, all caps, you will get 10% off your order, and you'll let them know that we sent you there. Look, these guys, like I said, they've been there from the beginning. They have MLS and MLSPA licensed FCC gear available online and in two retail locations. Those are in Hyde Park and Fort Mitchell. The best part about the in-store locations is that if they don't have your size on the shelf, they can actually print you one on the spot. We are huge, huge fans of these guys. We're so thankful to have them on board as a sponsor. It's a union shop. We are very excited. Please go check them out. Again, cincyshirts.com slash thepostcincy or use thepostcincy, all one word, at checkout for 10% off your entire order. And on today's episode, well, we're talking about the U.S. Men's National Team coaching search for a new manager. How hard do they have to look for this one? We also get a vibes check from Evan Lauro, and we look ahead to Wednesday's match versus Toronto, and that'll be your Cincy Postcast. Joining me to talk about all of that and more are two gentlemen who are going to become, I hope, huge spenders at Cincy Shirts, hey? How, how about that, Chief? Grayson, we did it. We we officially have a real-life, honest-to-God sponsor of the podcast. Chief, you ever think we'd get here? I did think we'd get here, but I thought it would be with MeUndies, because that seems to be the sponsor <laughs> of every other podcast I have ever listened to over the course of my career owning an Apple product. Um, no, uh, love Cincy shirts, always love Cincy shirts. I made an order from Cincy shirts to test out whether the promo code worked because I didn't believe this was actually happening. And uh, wow, it's actually real. I uh, <laughs> This is, this is, yeah, fun, neat. I think, uh, I think the best podcast sponsor is probably, at least the most vert- versatile, it's probably hymns because okay. hymns you can get your antidepressants. Yep. You can get your man's enhancement pills to deal with the side effects of the antidepressants. Yep. And you can get uh hair loss treatment to help you use the uh men's uh <laughs> men's pills. <laughs> <laughs> and depending on what has depressed you, make here the depression as well. So yeah. <laughs> you've got it's really an all rounder, you're right. <laughs> so does so does this mean we have to behave in a more legitimate fashion? Like take this more seriously? Uh mm. the good news is I doubt they listen. <laughs> well, I, mean, I mean, you're sitting in a walk-in closet right now recording. That was me last last episode. That was me sitting in the walk-in closet. The things we do for fame. 
<laughs> I, uh, yeah, I have no idea how the audio quality is going to turn out here. The, uh, the internet is out at the, uh, the vacation house here. So we're, we're, we're getting by. <laughs> second, second question. Did you make any unreasonable promises to Cincy shirts about our listenership? Because I don't know if we can get another dozen people listening to this show. <laughs> so I might have told them that they should look at recent attendance figures for FCC to get a sense of where we are. That's I, potential, right? Yeah, I, I did not give a hard number. I just pointed them in the direction of larger numbers. So you like, the, stadium, okay, the, the stadium sits 26,000 people. <laughs> All of those are potential eligible right. listeners to this podcast. Yeah, A sellout at TQL Stadium is 26,513 people. That means that there's 26,511 potential new <laughs> listeners that we can grow this podcast to. And how many of them have a podcast app available to them? Not necessarily downloaded, but available to them. And you know what all those people have in common? They all have torsos and they all wear T-shirts. <laughs> hey, probably. So we're, we're in good and shape. They, you know, think about all the firsts that you could put on a T-shirt this year, right? First... Uh, Supporter Shield, first game against Messi, <laughs> first League's Cup, first game against Messi T-shirt would actually be hilarious. Yeah. First fifty dollar Bailey ticket purchased. <laughs> I bought this T-shirt to see Messi, and all I got was a win. <laughs> there you go. Put it on a T-shirt. Yeah, we we can play around with it a little bit there. Um, yeah, no, huge thanks to to Cincy Shirts for uh, for sponsoring the pod. And please use the use the link in the description. Please use the uh, the the URL there because that uh, that would help us. And we get to be selfish about this for a second. So it'd be super sweet if we could actually you know cover the hosting costs of this thing. We don't have a Patreon. We've never asked you for money, so I appreciate this. <laughs> so if you're a listener to this podcast, helping us helps you. That's true. Right? Like, we can get Kevin a new closet. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is I a pretty roomy closet. Yeah. We can, get, <laughs> we can get new microphones. You know, maybe we could, like... I don't know. This guy's yeah. Maybe we could, Maybe we could. you know, get a get a camera for Abby the next time uh, she goes to TST. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I don't know how many places are charging for credentials, but we could definitely help Abby get, get into places. That would be fun. What, we, what if we just, send, <laughs> we just start sending Abby to places? <laughs> <laughs> the Indy 500 next year. Abby, get up there. We need you. <laughs> The next uh, Kentucky Just, Derby. Come on. We need we need a, more podcast sponsors to buy that. There's that thing that Frontier Airlines offers where it's unlimited flights, but you have to book the day before. And we just yes. tell Abby, it's like, hey, there's a seat on the plane. It's going right now to Los Angeles. We need you there covering the Galaxy game. Get your microphone. We should send Abby to the memorial and have her see if she can find the no laying up guys and then just follow them around. <laughs> Or every episode they're filming at the Strap Show, it's just Abby is in the parking lot lurking awkwardly. <laughs> she she becomes the Easter egg that everybody's looking for. <laughs> I think people would go for this. I gotta say. I think, 
hey, we're, we're, buy, we're volunteering buy Abby for an awful lot of content. <laughs> they need a Please. new host of All Gas No Breaks. She's already got experience <laughs> pretending to be a journalist, so we're we're in, we're on the right track. Uh, well, if you want to see any of that, buy a couple of t-shirts and uh, anything else that you might find on their website and uh, help us out. That would be lovely. Oh, wait, hold on. No, it was one, I want to make one additional thing clear. Oh, In please. case you guys are worried about it, I don't get any of the money. So <laughs> you can buy a shirt and your conscience will be clear. Yeah. Unless you buy a-, a lot of shirts. If you buy a lot of shirts, I'm definitely taking a piece of the money. <laughs> But for right now, it's just hosting costs and expanding the podcast. And maybe maybe we'll turn into AO in the worst case scenario. We just fly ourselves to fun away games and provide you stupid content live on location. You ever wanted yeah. to hear us all sitting together in a hotel lobby in Salt Lake City reviewing Mormon country ahead of an Open Cup final? Buy some goddamn T-shirts. But my promise to you is no matter how many T-shirts you buy, you will not improve my life in any material way. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a dare that would be really fun to lose <laughs> so don't so don't worry about it <laughs> and if you want to see Grayson break that promise buy a shitload of t-shirts <laughs> oh man I, I mean there is a point where it probably will have to be reflected on my uh my taxes to uh, whole uncle sam so there's let's let's aim for a happy medium here all right <laughs> oh my god well there's never been any tax issues around fc cincinnati fandom no no never not not once um no i i this is, this is a fun podcast to do because there's not a whole lot to talk about, at least with FC Cincinnati. Now, if you want to look at American soccer generally, oh boy, is there plenty to talk about in one of the strangest sporting events ever of the CONCACAF Nations League semifinals. Uh, USA versus Mexico, the game that I think most U.S. fans would have rather win rather than the final final this sunday uh this evening as we're recording um and as the game kicks off it was a feisty game uh we come to find out greg berhalter has been rehired as the u.s men's national team manager he is expected to be the manager through the 2026 world cup there was some speculation that it might just be for a year or two to see how the copa america went no they've got their full faith in him and um, it's been fun to watch. It's been embarrassing to watch the reaction online. Chief, what was what was your reaction to hearing this news? Just a sort of this sort of feeling in the pit of your stomach. I don't know how to describe it of man, things are never going to change. Yeah. Like it's just sort of one of those things where I'm not shocked and I'm disappointed that I'm not shocked because I think that the consensus all around was that if there hadn't been all that drama around the Reinas back in December, that Greg probably would have just been given a new contract then. And the only real drama, like when you say he was rehired, he, yeah. was, he wasn't really rehired. He never went anywhere. He just had to sort of go away for a little bit while this investigation, quote unquote, happened. And I don't know. It's like my overwhelming thought with this is just can't U.S. soccer do better than a dude that produced three goals at the World Cup in four matches that never scored more than one goal in any of the competitions that he had at the World Cup with allegedly the best roster 
the United States of America has ever produced in terms of talent playing at major European destinations overseas. It just it feels like such a low ambition hire. And then you remember that his older brother or his brother is working for U.S. soccer and is one of the people making the hire. And it sucks. But the problem also is that, like, if I want to go online and say that I'm associating myself with some of the worst people <laughs> and the worst takes on Twitter, just the dumbest part of Twitter is the anti burhalter Twitter. So I don't want to agree with those knuckleheads either. So I I don't know. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, grace and thoughts. There's I I mean I have I have a lot of thoughts and you know I was I've if you've listened to the pod if you're one of the four or five people who've been here for a few months you'll know like I'm not a fan of of Burhalter in particular like I have never really been impressed with his his player selection or frankly the results of games that um aren't you know easy games yeah. um I, I grew up at a time when we always expected the U.S. men's national team to overachieve uh, beyond their talent. Um, I don't think Greg's teams have, have done that. Um, you could argue that at times they've underachieved their talent, um, but that's, you know, neither. That's not really the most relevant thing here. Um, I mean, it is and it isn't. It's just... I agree with what Chief said that it's hard to make a public statement saying like, oh, we don't like this hire because you're going with you're siding with some. And that's not that's not why you take a side or don't take a side. Right. Or why you right. have an opinion, you don't have an opinion. But like there have been people people are out there on this. Like, yeah, it's disgusting seeing the way people are using you know, people are saying like, oh, he's a abuser. He's a wife beater. And like, obviously, we all know what happened. Then 30 years of history between him and his wife happened and they did a whole investigation. I mean, they clearly took the information they received very seriously. Yeah. And so if you're just a rando on Twitter and you're bringing this up as like an argument, you're trying to use this to say why he shouldn't have the job that reflects more on you. And it's an incredibly cynically way to deploy this kind of thing, in my opinion. And I think it's disgusting to try to win a Twitter fight by bringing up an incident that happened between two people that you don't know 30 years ago, because yeah. it's another instance in which, you know, Rosalind Berhalter has been deprived of ownership over this thing that happened to her. Right. Like yep. it, she, it was, it was taken from her when, um, you know, the Reynas very cynically tried to use this to get Greg's contract revoked, you know, and and I don't want to go down that road, but I just think that it's not our place to be into like make your points in a soccer way, you know, yeah. and ultimately, I think it's a high I think it's a decision we can live with. We don't know the process. I really hope that some journalist out there like a Jeff Carlisle or somebody gets a gets the skinny on what the exact process was, who all was talked to, why certain decisions were made. I'm skeptical we're going to get this because of how tight lipped people yeah. are. Um, but but I do think that it's the only way that you can get 
let's say the reasonable contingent of fans who are conflicted about the hiring to be comfortable with it. Because in a lot of it, I think about like, you asked me a question in a vacuum. Do I want Greg Berhalter to coach the national team moving forward? Well, no. Right. right. But it's like, do I want 80 some year old Joe Biden to run for president in 2024? I'm so glad you made that comparison. <laughs> not, not really. Because it's, you know, it's kind it's of like, the perfect but, comparison. But it's, it's, they always, they, it's like they always run these presidential polls where they're, you know, they ask, you know, who, how does somebody do against no opponent? Right. And somebody who's not super popular might not fare well in that, you know? But then you have to name people that are your alternative <laughs> choices. And it's like, no, maybe maybe it's not that bad. And also, like, with those, with those polls, too, it's also, you know, you name people who don't want the job. It's like, okay, yeah. well, right. how does Joe Biden fare against a generic Republican opponent? How does this other person? It's like, well, that person doesn't want to be president. Okay, it's like, Correct. yeah, like John Stewart does really well on that ballot. John Stewart doesn't run run for office, though. And it's like the part of the, the problem with having this debate is it's like, okay, I don't like Greg Berhalter. I don't think he's a good manager. I don't think that he is right for what this team needs to do. But like, who else was out there? Like, there's this belief, too, that like, oh, well, they could have gotten Jose Mourinho. Well, A... There's no telling if Jose Mourinho would be a good national team manager. <laughs> right. The skill sets are completely different. And B, if he wanted like $8 million to do it, they weren't going to pay $8 million to do it. So there's there's got to be some realism, too, about like, OK, yeah. who else was available at the price that could manage a national team? And right. unless you know that, it's really hard to be. I find the people that are really fired up about this, I find it really hard to take them seriously, because if you're so vehemently anti Burhalter it's kind of incumbent upon you to have an alternative solution as to who else was out there. And without that information, you're just a lunatic yelling into the void as far as I'm concerned. And people are like, oh, Pep Guardiola wants to coach the national right. team. Are you going to bring it to Pep Guardiola that he's got to play Kellen Acosta in the midfield? Right. <laughs> and that he has to leave his trouble team. And he, he was playing nice once in an interview where he said, yeah, I'd like to manage the U S like every European star gets asked that. Would you ever want to play in MLS? And like Mbappe would be like, yeah, it'd be fun. And then like for a month, people were like Mbappe wants to move to USA. It's like, no, the most realistic names that have been thrown out. We know Jesse Marsh. Yep. Um, interviewed for the job. And at one point he was rumored to be getting it. You know, maybe, but that's not, if you think that that's a slam dunk, that if you like, if you're a hundred percent confident that Jesse Marsh would do a better job than Greg Burhalter, then I think you're kidding yourself. And that's not, I'm not saying like a slight on Jesse Marsh, but you know, what he's done is not obviously transferable to the national team. You know, I, I think the, the biggest issue is is the underlying issue to all this, and it's kind of hard to put into words in a Twitter debate, is just that Burhalter symbolizes the swamp, to keep the political metaphor going, it mm -hmm. symbolizes the swamp remaining in control of U.S. soccer. And I think that there is just a divide in the U.S. men's national team fandom over to what extent it is time for this same old guard of Princeton and Virginia alums that have run U.S. soccer for decades to step aside and let new ideas and new people 
be in charge. And, you know, like I said earlier, it's like Burhalter's brother's involved in the hiring process and all this. And is he still? I thought he still was. Did he leave? I thought he, I thought he had a different down. job now. And what's interesting is they actually like part of the the holdup was they brought in a new general manager from a Premier League team. I'm not going to remember. Not not one of the big six. Southampton. Like Southampton. Yeah. And Southampton. Matt Crocker. And they let him run the coaching surge. So, like on that level, like I am probably the most pro this hire of any of our co-hosts and anybody I've talked to, uh, frankly. And like, we've had somebody from the outside take a look at the other candidates, which included Jesse Marsh, Patrick Vieira, uh, Thierry Henry, and let's just go ahead and assume Jim Curtin might have been in there somewhere. Um, we knew it was down to about five candidates and we knew those four, Burhalter being one of them. And he came to the conclusion that Burhalter was the best choice. But that's, but like, yeah, Chief, to your point, it's like you still want to move on. Like, even though the, the Ringia story wasn't his fault per se, you still want to move on from the saga. And we're still going to deal with it. We're still going to deal with, you know, Pepe's reaction to being left off the World Cup roster and and all of the other baggage that comes with it. We know Miazga had his issues previously. We know um, John Brooks had issues. So you're going to continue that. Not to say Jose Mourinho hasn't picked an unnecessary fight with a player before that Jesse Marsh <laughs> wouldn't have his favorites from from his time playing and coaching. But yeah, it, you do want to turn the page at some point. Yeah. And then the other thing, too, is I guess, like, to me, the the whole reason that you keep Burhalter around, and it's kind of been inartfully used as a propaganda point, but I think it's still worth a point, is that they're of the players that are in the national team, the in the in crowd of the national team, he does seem to be very well liked. And mm -hmm. someone brought this point up in qualification that what the national team camps were was they were a place of refuge for American players playing abroad who had insane amounts of pressure to an, a degree that U.S. players in the past have never had, competing for spots at clubs like Chelsea or Dortmund or where have you, where they could come back and all sort of just take a breath, recharge, re-energize. And it sounds like if you were part of his crowd, that those training camps for the national team were tremendously almost like therapy sessions for these guys. So I don't want to overlook the idea that Burhalter has value and he's valued by the players that are going to be part of this 2026 squad. But man, it just it the results on the field. I just feel like if we're so good and we're so talented, the results just should be better. And I don't know. I just it's. Nothing about that World Cup run made me think, yep, Greg Berhalter will take this same group of players to the next level. I just don't see it. And if I if that's where I'm at, I can't see I can't justify bringing him back under any circumstances, regardless of all of the circus and the baggage just on performance. If you ask yourself, will Greg Berhalter make this team better in 2026? I don't see it. Um, I, I, I will say so. I think at this point. It's I hope people will just let it 
let it die now, now that it's now that it's happened and we can just kind of move forward. And if, you know, Greg coaches himself out of the job that yeah. that that may that may happen. Um, some of the stuff Chief touched on, though, about the process that got us there, um, what was going on with leadership within U.S. soccer, um, why they brought in sportsology to tell them about Jesse Marsh and Patrick Vieira when you could have so just gone stupid. to like any, you know, U.S. men's <laughs> national team themed discord and, and gotten the same the same names. Right. Um, what like what was going on? Like, what's the what was the value add for sportsology here? If as far as we know, there were no names that other than obvious names that they interviewed and they ended up with the coach they already had. The only um, thing. Why did I it can... take so long to get him yeah. in? Why is he not coaching the Gold Cup? Like these are, these are all things that I think have not been adequately yeah. answered, and they show yeah. that U.S. soccer continues to be very dysfunctional as an organization at the top. Now that that being said, uh, the CEO J.T. Batson is new. The sporting director or or GM or whatever his title title is, Matt Crocker, is new. So you know, maybe they'll do a better job moving forward, but like, I don't know. This was their first choice. This was, this was the first big decision that they got right. to make. And they went with what, what we already had, which right. maybe is fine. Right. I heard a, I heard a rumor that the players were told about this before the Mexico game, that Greg was going to be coming back and coaching the team. And, you know, they played really, really well the entire game. You know, so it's not like it was a distraction to them. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe they, maybe they should just be told Greg is coming back before every game and Greg yeah, never comes back. <laughs> the idea if you guys, of Greg if you guys is win, better. Greg will come back. Yeah. <laughs> He's just out I for will... cigarettes. He'll be back any day now. <laughs> <laughs> if I if I could, I'll, I'll offer you the the optimistic view of this hire. And then and then I guess we could move on. But. Burhalter had the second youngest squad at the World Cup and prior to the World Cup had won every single thing he was asked to win with this squad. At the World Cup, they advanced from a group that most non-US experts assumed they would not advance from and they lost to a Dutch team that yes, beat them 3 to 1, but was also filled with Champions League talent. In fact, the weakest link on that team was be the goalkeeper and they they ran a, a fantastic program after that match louis van hall gave an interview that i think was misconstrued by a lot of people a lot of people took his comments to mean that the u.s didn't adapt to what they were doing and that's how they were able to beat them if you actually go back and look at that quote he said teams like france argentina spain are so good they don't need to adjust their game plan other teams need to adjust to theirs we knew the u.s is set up that way and we use that to our advantage he was basically saying the united states was playing a game that only the best teams in the world play and yes he used that to his advantage and, and they were able to beat them on on nasty counters don't get me wrong but that was a pretty big compliment from one of the greatest tacticians in world soccer history. Um, Burhalter was, as far as we can tell, liked by most of the key star players here. And yes, the team did very well against that Mexico team. We should probably point out that 
that was still mostly Berhalter's coaching staff doing all of the coaching that performed well against that Mexico team. So that is the positive spin that that team gets older. They like him. There's an established system that the rest of the world is starting to respect and he builds that so that's that's the positive spin there <laughs> yeah i think that that's all right you know so um so i, I don't know like i think i just think it's much more complicated yes yes so yeah. i i i think yeah, you can have yeah you be the you be the you be the optimist i'll i'll bet you we'll be having the same conversation in 2027 <laughs> Hopefully with more sponsorship dollars, but like it's going to be the same thing where it's, you know, we, we struggled our way through the group stages and we got knocked out in the knockout rounds because just repeating the same thing over and over again. Well, I also think everything Chief said was right, right? Which is why it's right. it's so weird that this thing has just become basically a signal for various factions on Twitter to just snipe at each other. Yeah. Because yeah. God damn it, what's more American than that? What's more American <laughs> than the United States being broken into two camps and just unable to see the other side's point of view and using the worst possible arguments to make their point of view heard? <laughs> Truly, the U.S. national team unites us all. <laughs> there is something to be said for it. It does appear most of pro-rel Twitter doesn't like him. And I'm, I want to I want to work on that. I want to dwell on that. What is what is that overarching camp that that ends up in that same spot that they're not all pro raw truthers but where why does that split that way um all right uh (laughs) i mean there wasn't much fcc to talk about with that uh but let's let's refocus on fc cincinnati here we were able to talk to our dear friend your dear friend evan laroe goalkeeper fc cincinnati somebody who's still evan Loro. Loro. You know what? <laughs> I'll never get it right. Nope. Especially not to his face, you won't. I sure won't. <laughs> this is, I swear, there is a part of this that is like the Ted Lasso bit of Zorro, where just like, I can't hear the difference. I think I'm saying what you guys are saying, and I'm clearly well, not. not. So. <laughs> <laughs> we were able to talk to, let's call him Evan, for a good vibes check on how FCC is doing at the midway point. And after our conversation with Evan, let's do a quick preview of Wednesday's match versus Toronto. Uh, we're joining us back. Friend of the pod, Evan LaRoe, is here to give us a quick mid-season check-in here. And Evan, we came away with our, our last conversation from you as being something of a vibes guy around this team. Evan, what are the vibes like around this team right now? I mean, vibes are high. I mean, uh, you know, we're we're doing well. We we got through that, you know, tough what was it, seven or eight game uh you know stretch and uh seven games one uh uh wins seven wins and one tie i mean i'd say if you you know told us that in the beginning of the year we'd take it so vibes vibes are high that that is good to hear uh you mentioned right before you jumped on here that uh you just came back from milford is there anybody else to practice with it feels like the entire roster is on international break this weekend (laughs) yeah i mean uh you know 
for sure we've got we've got some guys gone but you know if i have to step in at, at cb for for, for that <laughs> i'll do i'll do what i have to do um but no we've i you know this is international breaks are you know when guys you know get opportunities and you know every guy that we have that's going to get an opportunity is going to you know go in there and do well so so Good. like when when people go out on international duty does that free up the better parking spaces at at Milford, or is it like you know they we leave the spot empty because that's where their car is supposed to be in case they come back suddenly? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, the parking's all right actually. Uh, everyone gets pretty close. I get there decently early, so I usually kind of have my pick. Um, it's funny you say that. Uh, Rodrigo, one of our uh, team admins, he actually pulled a prank on Lucho today because I guess Lucho, the only spot left was a was a handicap spot. So he like picked it up a, a fake a fake ticket and put it on his <laughs> on his dashboard today. So he was freaking out until it said you know payable to Rodrigo. <laughs> so that was pretty funny, but no, nah, he should good. he should have pulled the old classic move we used to do in college, where when you find yourself with a parking ticket, you would just move it to the car next to you to see if they'd accidentally pay it, thinking it was theirs. <laughs> Oh, I've never even thought of that. <laughs> oh, they were, last year was bad. Matt, Matt, and Jeff would like get in each other's cars and move them and stuff like that. And it, like it was like, I think I think uh, Matt Matt put Jeff's car in the middle of like the lawn, <laughs> so, like right on the grass. It was, it was pretty funny. It's like oh getting to the parking lot. It's always hard finding your car anyway on a good day when you've been working too hard. And it's like, where's my car at? Oh. <laughs> Oh, it's yeah. over there. <laughs> yeah, and Jeff used to park right in front of like the cafeteria, so it was like pretty obvious that it was missing, and it was like <laughs> miles away. <laughs> now, it's... did he get the spot because he got there first, or was it understood that this is Jeff's spot? I think I think it was understood. I mean, I came pretty late last year, but I mean, ever since I was there, he was just parking there, and I mean, he got there like normal time, like not you know, not too early, not too late, and he mm -hmm. would always get it. So. Then once he left, I started parking there and now we're doing a, a bit of construction at Milford. So like that area is kind of off limits now because all the you know construction stuff. But I still got a decent spot. Yeah, it's all nice. fun in games, though, until someone actually steals his car. And, and yeah. it's like, it's like, Jeff, what did you do with this? <laughs> I, let me tell you, they both have pretty nice cars. So <laughs> that's shocking. <laughs> Oh so, God! Uh, so, so I gotta yeah. ask: We ha last time we had you on, we'd heard the tales of the pizza oven. And my question is: Has the pizza oven been getting a workout this year? And what recipes are you finding yourself as your go-to in your pizza oven cooking? Pizza oven's getting use. Um, you know, standard pizzas that I that I've been, you know, fabled making. Um, <laughs> I, I actually I made a steak in there the other day. That was pretty cool. Because um, it came it came with um, I bought like an add-on. Um, thanks MLS. Uh, <laughs> like a cast iron, you know, skillet kind of thing. And I just, you know, I like incinerated the the cast iron. It was like 950 degrees or something like that. Like two minutes steak was done. It was pretty good. So a lot of use. I would have never yeah. thought steak from a pizza oven would have been a delicacy, but now I'm just desperate to know how that turns out. That's incredible. <laughs> I'm telling you, a different gravy over here. Oh, <laughs> uh, it. Evan, have you found anywhere else in town? Has, has the pizza journey taking you anywhere else 
that you have found respectable. No disrespect to what was apparently club sponsor La Rosa's, but have you found anywhere else in town? Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry, La Rosa's is great. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, you know, like we were talking before, you know, Taglio is good. Um, I want to try Brody in, in Loveland um, that I've been getting some good, good reviews about. Um, I haven't, I forget the one that you guys told me. I think it was, it was a little further for me. Um, but I, what was the name of it? I forget. Anyway, trophy, trophy of Evendale, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Something like that. I haven't tried that one. So I can't, I can't speak on that. But no, I mean, when, when you got your own pizza oven, you don't really need to go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, the next level for, for East Coast delicacies will be when you figure out how to get some some Taylor ham in there and cook up some Taylor ham inside the pizza oven. Oh, that'd be fire. That'd be fire. <laughs> Maybe bake a bagel in there. You can make bread yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah. Do a, right? It's a versatile kitchen appliance. I think you can figure out anything for it. <laughs> I just have to I have to tell my mom next time she comes from Jersey just to bring a gallon of water or something like that. Cause I can't be making bagels in Ohio water. It's gotta it has to it doesn't even matter what state, it just has to be New Jersey water. <laughs> it's that exact pH level that you're you're aiming for. Totally. <laughs> yeah, whatever they got over there is what I'm using. Yeah, that's like they have talked about science now about your microbiome and your gut bacteria. It's like that Jersey water microbiome. It just does something for the pizza dough and the bagels. It's you can't replicate yeah. it anywhere else. <laughs> put, put some hair in your chest too, you know. A, a friend, a friend of mine owns a local bagel place, so I have to feel. I feel like I have to stand up and say uh-huh. that you can make good bagels with Ohio water. But sure. but maybe not to your taste. <laughs> we'll we'll see. <laughs> the refined palate can can tell the difference here. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask. Uh, you yeah. alluded to the fixture congestion, and I think something fans like to talk about mm-hmm. uh, before you go is you know how to how do you prioritize um, which trophies? And I'm wondering uh, which of the trophies are you guys going for this summer? I mean, I. To my knowledge, we're going for all of them. I mean, uh, why why playing something that's <laughs> yeah. not gonna go for it? You know what I mean? I think uh, I think so, uh, Alec Alec Can had an interview after I think it was um, away at New York uh, Red Bulls. He's like, you know what? We made it this far. You might you might as well go for it. You know what I mean? So let's go win it. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're going for it all. You know, win as much as we can for sure. So we like to hear. Yeah, for sure. Why not? That's exactly what I want to do. <laughs> well, awesome, man. Thank you for, for checking in on your, uh, on your, what, if I'm not mistaken, your first Father's Day? First Father's Day. Hey, congratulations, man. And uh, good luck with the season ahead. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. All right, and we're back. And huge thanks to Evan for taking some time out of his Father's Day to come talk to us you you dear listener could not hear this or see this i should say evan was enjoying his time on the back patio he looked like he was living his best life and i can only assume the rest of the team is feeling the same way it's good to hear it's like we we want to believe that the vibes are high it's good to get a check and to know the vibes are high yes the vibes the vibes are high so we take those high vibes and that let's say depleted roster into canada on wednesday versus no into cincinnati uh, (laughs) against toronto 
the uh, the the orange and blue is going to be a little shorthanded on this one. Grayson vibes for this match alone. I'm not on the season, but how we feel going into this one? You know, it, it's I would say my vibes are conflicted <laughs> because, <laughs> um, you know, we're going to be we're going to be out Miazga. We're going to be out Mascara. We're going to be out Brandon Vasquez. Yikes. Um, obviously, Aaron Bupenza is not eligible to be added to the team. Yeah. Yet, um, I want to I, I want to get more information about Nick Hagland's health mm-hmm. because there's there's chatter that Hagland uh, may be limited or maybe a question mark as to whether he'll be able to play Wednesday. That would be that would be concerning. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I do have you know I have um we we we've, we've seen how good Ian Murphy's been right. Right. Um, and then. Very good. But, you know, Alvis, Alvis Powell, um, probably also going to end up being playing that right center back again this match, unless he gets a surprise call up to Jamaica for the Gold Cup. He's not been included in their recent friendlies. So I don't really expect him to be in the Gold Cup roster, but I don't believe their Gold Cup roster has been officially announced yet. So there's, I guess, like, until that's until that's announced, there's always the possibility that Powell gets called in. But I think best case scenario for Wednesday, we have a three at the back of Murphy, Hagland, and Powell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. Like I think at at home with most of your attacking pieces still around, um, you can roll with that for a game. Uh, Toronto has not been great. Um, they obviously have a couple of dangerous players with Lorenzo Insignia and Bernadeschi. Um, but Toronto is also pretty, pretty, pretty depleted here. Um, sh- their top two goalkeepers have both been called up internationally. So they're going to be going with Greg Ranjit Singh, Rich, Richie Larea and Jonathan Osoria called up to Canada. Um, I don't have their current availability, but their last game. They were missing Michael Bradley, Alonzo Coelho, Adama Diamande, and Victor Vasquez. And then also Matt Hedges and Shane O'Neill didn't play. So they're dealing with pretty serious injury situations. And they're also missing a number of players from international call-ups. So if we can just keep, you know, Insignia and Bernadeschi from, you know, winning the game on their own. Yeah, I think we should. I think we should be able to pull out a result here, despite despite the big holes in our in our roster. So I have one question for you, uh, Kevin. Is Lucho Acosta playing in this game? Yes. Why not? Then we've got a ch- we we've got a chance. Then I mean that's <laughs> that's that's the key this season. I mean he is the offense. He is instant offense in many cases. Um. There's all sorts of, you know, is it going to hurt without Miazga? Absolutely. Is it going to hurt without Mascara? Absolutely. Is there a possibility this is going to have to turn into a shootout? You bet. But Lucho Acosta gives this team a chance to win anytime he walks onto the field. He's the MV- he is the MVP of the league as far as I'm concerned for that reason because there is no player who is more valuable to his team and no player who is more valuable in terms of can change a game single-handedly this year than Lucho Acosta. So 
Yeah. Yeah. We got a chance for that reason and that reason alone. I don't care who's flying it up on the other side. I don't care how they have to rearrange the back line. If you've got Lucho Acosta on this team this year, you have a chance to win this game. Yeah. we. I mean, we should have our first, first choice midfield and... Yeah, Vasquez has had his struggles. Che- or uh, Grayson, I-, I guess my question for you is: Do we have any update on Sergio Santos's health? So I think I think he's been off to the side this past week. Um, okay, but we do know that Noonan said that he was targeting the Toronto game for Santos's return. Yeah. So you know, there's a possibility that he's back. We'll know more. Obviously, we'll know more Monday and probably we'll know for certain on Tuesday whether he's going to play. Um, but if he if he does, I mean, with, with the form Baji's in, you can't feel bad about those two starting together. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is the thing with Vasquez's struggles. And we've all seen it where it'll be Vasquez and Baji starting and Santos will sub in for Baji. And you don't wonder what would a... Santos Baji pairing look like with Lucho feeding them, and I wouldn't mind seeing that on Wednesday. I I would be very curious to see how that would actually perform. You would have Santos Barial Lucho. Um, that's a lot of speed in the attack versus with Baji and Vasquez on the field. the the front The front of the offense is a little slow and a little plodding when that happens. All of a sudden. You put Santos on there, and that's a lot of a speed element, and that's just a very different – it gives you some different things that you can do, especially if you're going to need to commit more help to assist the defense. Then I like Santos playing on the counter and, you know, trying to get balls over the top and maybe bunkering in looking for a, you know, a a 1-0. I mean, shit, they win 1-0 when they're at full strength, so (laughs) – and. And we 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 are expecting Junior Moreno back because yeah, by the time that's... this podcast comes out, he'll have played the second game for Venezuela. So his win his international duty will be over. Yeah, that will be that'll be super helpful. Um, is it fair to say Yuya Kubo's probably the fifth choice center back in this game? How how far are we from seeing a Kubo <laughs> I, center back? <laughs> I mean. I, at this point, I genuinely believe Lucho is in the goalkeeping depth chart, too. I think that he is at some <laughs> level a reserve for every position on this goddamn team. Right. right. <laughs> I, I mean, look, you, you like to have a Swiss Army knife in your pocket at all times, and that, that's what Kubo offers off of this bench. Uh, Chief, let's, let, let's finally put our markers down here. Prediction time. What are you thinking? 1-0 FCC? Let's do it. I mean, play the hits. <laughs> right? I'm here to win. <laughs> Grayson. Uh, I'll go three to two, FC Cincinnati. Ooh. Uh, just for the sake of switching things up, let me be the bad guy and predict a two nothing loss. I think I think there's a lot of a lot of missing pieces on that back line and uh Italian national team designated players are going to do national national team designated player things. So I'll, I'll sign up for that one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Guys, thanks for dealing with me sitting in this closet with a makeshift recording studio around me. Hopefully this doesn't sound terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's a proud post tradition at this point that 
going on vacation and hiding from your family in a walk-in closet to record the content. But hey, it's sponsored content. That's a sponsored closet at this point. <laughs> Having a sponsor does help win arguments in this case. So <laughs> helpful, helpful. <laughs> yeah, broadcasting live from the Cincy Shirts closet. It's Kevin Wallace. <laughs> we should have had them sponsor our walk-in closets, huh? That would that would be perfect for a t-shirt company, right? <laughs> right? So that's super on brand right there. I love it. Oh God. Well, Chief, get us out of here. Fuck Columbus. All of the music in this podcast was done by Jim Trace and the Makers, an amazing local Cincinnati band. You can find more information about them in the description of this episode. Also, be sure to check out The Post Cincy at thepostcincy.com. That's where we're posting our written content. You'll find a wide range of content there posted regularly. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast app, or better yet, share this episode with a friend, a family member, a fellow FC Cincinnati fan, somebody you think might enjoy this content. Please send it on over uh, to them. We would really, really appreciate that. And if you haven't done so already, we do have a Discord server. Feel free to drop in and join the conversation happening there. Again, links to that can be found on the website or in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for listening.